Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. Well, what can you say? Do you know about the hugging rules? You're not supposed to hug anybody. Do you know about the uh, fraternisation rules? You're not supposed to fraternise with anybody. Do you know about all the rules that were set out by Matt Hancock in the Department of Health in the United Kingdom government, in which it said that on May the 6th, you weren't actually supposed to be doing very much of anything. You certainly shouldn't have been in an office which is owned by the government actually in an embrace with somebody else's wife. Quite a passionate embrace, it has to be said. I'm not entirely certain what exactly Matt Hancock thinks that he is doing. They said you weren't supposed to have social mixing with people from other households. They said you were supposed to flatten the curve, Mr Hancock. Did you not get the email? Mrs Hancock this morning is practising her own version of social distancing from her husband. Matt has scuttled off somewhere, not to be seen yet. He's not saying anything, he's not denying anything, uh, he's not confirming anything. Uh, No doubt his wife will have the track and trace on trying to find out where he is. Uh, Of course, the other business about what he's been doing um, is that he's ducking and diving, he's paying a woman to do a job which nobody's very sure about. Gina Colladangelo is her name. Apparently he went to university with her. Apparently uh, she's qualified to be some form of director of the Department of Health in this country, even though her only other qualification is that she's a PR for a shop that sells socks, amongst other things. I wonder whether Matt Hancock's actually wearing socks, indeed, from Oliver Bonus. 0344 I'm going to say this right now. Matt Hancock needs to go, and he needs to go today. Not necessarily because he's very unwise and shows absolutely no judgment whatsoever. Not only because he did all the things that he told us not to do. Not only because, uh, basically, there is no now faith in the Secretary of State for Health, but because he's actually paying a woman who he's sleeping with, presumably, to work in the government. Doesn't sound right to me. We'll be seeking the guidance of John Rental, Chief Political Commentator at The Independent. Richard Tice is going to be here later on as well. Also, Lewis McLeod, uh, the man of many faces, will be doing some good impersonations of Matt Hancock a little bit later on. 0344-499-1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on the fastest growing radio station in the land. It is the original, it is the best, it is, of course... 
Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, it's time to say a very good morning to John Rental, who is here in person in the studio. What a delight. Good morning, Mike. Very good I'm, morning. I actually went to makeup before I came in here for radio. Oh, isn't it great? So, well, yeah, I've, is, got a this... face, I've got a face for radio. Well, listen, we both, to... uh, you might say, got faces for radio, but we are indeed also on now television because it is Talk <laughs> Radio TV. Uh, and if you're not watching it, uh, why aren't you watching it? John's here, of course, on rather... Um, a rather special occasion, because who knew when we asked you to come on yesterday <laughs> that we'd have this to talk about? Well, I did, wonder what we were, I did wonder what we were going to talk about. But For uh, those who haven't yet seen it, this is the picture we're all talking about. It's Matt Hancock in a clinch, which looks like a picture from the school disco, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know what he's thinking. He's 42 years old. Why is he clutching her like that? It just seems like a very odd thing to do. But this is obviously CCTV from the inside of the Department of Health. Apparently, uh, he is seen on the footage stealthily kind of peering out into the corridor yeah. before shutting the door behind him and then leaning against it and kind of pulling her towards him in this rather passionate and rather embarrassing embrace. I don't know what happens afterwards. Well, uh, the interesting question is, how did Dominic Cummings get hold of the CCTV Well, that's footage? a very good question. Um, um, but normally he would leak it to the mail, wouldn't he? <laughs> I mean, that's his normal route of leaks. I mean, he's so transparent these days, old Dominic. But this is a good question, though, because somebody quite high up has got access to this CCTV footage. Well, it's not It's not coming from a lowly um, security guard, is it? Well, I mean, who knows where it originally came from. Uh, but Matt Hancock, surely he should have known that there is CCTV yes. in, in the corridors. Well, at, I think most, of us, of, most of us know. I mean, in this building, I'm pretty sure there isn't many parts of it which is not at some point under CCTV because, um, yeah. you know, if anything happens, you're required to check the CCTV. Yeah. If there's an issue, if there's an argument, if there's, you know, some incident that happens, they need to record it. Yeah, I mean, it's the sort of personality that becomes uh, a politician, isn't it? The risk-taking, mm. uh, showing off. Um, and it's what, uh, it, what's, it's what brings them down... In the end, yes. uh, every every time. And what do you make of not only the... I mean, I think most people nowadays are less likely to want somebody to resign because of a sex scandal, because most people say, well, it's their private life. I mean, I feel bad for his wife and his kids, as indeed... Well, uh, and, and, her, and her husband. And, and her husband and, 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 her, and, and her their children. kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right, because <clears> this is in the full... I mean, most people who have affairs don't get it splashed across the front pages of the newspapers. But, but by the same token, much worse, I think, for many people is the fact that he's given her a job yeah. in the Department of Health which pays about £20,000 a year. Now, I don't know what her qualification is for that. Nobody seems to know what exactly she does. Yeah, no, and uh, presumably that will break whatever rules they have in the in the Department of Health about, right. uh, about um, having affairs with, with other members of staff. Um, and uh, it probably breaks the uh, social distancing rules that were, that, that were in, in force at the time. Although, I mean, I don't, I don't particularly care about that. But well, certainly he, at the time... Is, he is the Secretary of State for for health. Yes, and, but, you know, but also at, at the time this picture was taken, which I understand it was May the 6th, uh, the rule was no hugging. You can't yeah. hug anyone, including members of your own family. Yeah, and it was his rule. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think it, it's absolutely open and shut. I think... Uh, uh, he probably he, he probably won't resign today, but I don't think he's going to be Secretary of State uh, for very long. No, I don't think so either. Do you think he's likely to come out today and speak? I mean, we were told this morning that he might be in Suffolk, um, but all uh, because that's where his constituency is. We're supposedly having constituency meetings. He certainly wasn't at home, which is not that surprising. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't turn out to be the case. I don't think he's in Suffolk, so I presume he's still in London somewhere. Yeah. Um, who knows? He's presumably having uh, having discussions right now. Mm. Um, 
And this is where it come, becomes interesting when you're Boris Johnson, doesn't it? Because Boris Johnson, of course, not exactly a man unfamiliar with having extramarital <laughs> affairs. Presumably, um, and I don't make any judgment about that, but presumably he will find it quite difficult to be critical of another well, guy who's having an extramarital affair. Well, he's not going to be critical of the uh, of having an affair, but if if he's broken rules and if, specifically if he's broken uh, coronavirus restrictions, which Matt Hancock himself has laid down, mm. uh, then I think that's uh, that's a that's a fairly uh, straight case. You don't have to go into the the, the morality of uh, uh, of having an affair, right? I mean, Neil Ferguson, when he was found to have been uh, in flagrante delecto, as they say, uh, been caught out with his German mistress, yeah. um, he resigned immediately, except somehow he managed well, he to did. stay on uh, working for Nervtag, which well, nobody knew existed. Well, he did that He did that ridiculous thing, modern thing of stepping back, yes. which is not quite resigning. And, no. then, and then it turned out that he'd stepped forward again. Yes, or uh, stepped and, sideways. And hadn't, hadn't really told anybody. Yes, but Hancock's uh, not going to be able to do that, is he? Because he has no. been under an awful well, lot of pressure since the Dominic Cummings revelations that, that you know, he lied several times. Well, he had, but he'd survived all that, Mike. That's, mm. a, that's the extraordinary thing. I mean, the, the, the whole point about the Dominic Cummings allegations is that not one of them was stood up. Dominic Cummings was absolutely failed to produce any uh, supporting evidence uh, to the Joint Select Committee. Mm. Um, and Matt Hancock appeared to have got through that because... Um, because none there, of those there was no, there was no sort of smoking gun, was there? And now, and, and now, look, look what he's done to himself. Yes, well, that's right. Because this whole kind of thing shows an incredible lack of judgment, which well, is always what gets them in the end, isn't it? Yeah, ab- absolutely. You I know, mean, it's just idiotic. And as I say, without wishing to get into the ins and outs of, uh, you know, what was actually going on in the office, yeah. I, I imagine it might have been quite a lot going on in the office, which is a government building. Yeah, well, I mean, presumably, you know, I mean, people have affairs. Yeah, uh, all the time. I mean, it, it, but it's it's a secretary of state in in his own office, mm. outside his own office, under the CCTV cameras, right. uh, breaking rules that he's set himself. Um, it's it's it almost uh, beggars belief. Yeah, it does. And what about this business of hiring her to be some kind of um, you know sort of exterior director of the NA? I mean, what is that? I didn't well, even know there was such a body. <laughs> well, I think uh, the Department of Health has a has a body of non-executive directors to, to supervise it. I don't know what. But, but I, does every no government idea. department have that? Some of them do, right. um, but I, I mean, goodness knows what their what their job is. And uh, I mean, presumably and it's just so that you can give your mistress a job for twenty grand a year. That sort of job, isn't I it? I don't think that's I don't think that's the main purpose. Is of it, it not? But <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's just beggar's belief. You know, the more we find out about the way this has all been run. The more you just think, you know, they're, yeah, what sort of, we d- they're just doing what they like. Everything from, you know, making up their own rules for G7, allowing, you know, footballers to do whatever they want, allowing UEFA to do whatever they want, you know. Well, yeah, it's, except it's, there are the reasons. You, you can understand all that. I mean, the reasons for it. Uh, whereas this this is just taking a, a, well, an absurd you say risk. That, but I, I, personal... an awful lot of people who up until this moment haven't been able to go anywhere are pretty peeved at the fact that, you know, UEFA officials, two and a half thousand of them, have to come here to sit and watch a football match and we have to believe that they won't be doing anything else yeah. they won't be going shopping you know they won't be going out for lunch or dinner they'll simply be going to a football match well one yeah, but, i don't believe but, that and two why do they need to be here well i mean who knows but i mean crudely uh, everybody wants to watch the football and everybody wants the football to be at wembley so um well up to a point but i mean as, as it was men- mentioned by mark saggers from talk sport earlier on this will make no difference to uefa in the future as to whether or not uh, we get fifa to give us a world cup or we get a euro or no no but i thought they were threatening to move the well they uh, were move, move the euros well, they were. to uh, somewhere else they were threatening to move the euro 
goes to Hungary. That's you it, know, Hungary. Hun- England won't be in the Hungary. final. Hungary. England won't be in the final anyway. We're supposed, be, we're, we're supposed to be um, boycotting Hungary at the moment. We're supposed to be putting them in the freezer because they've passed well, UEFA, some anti-gay law. Yeah, well, UEFA so, don't, don't boycott anybody. I mean, right. you know, the World Cup's in Qatar, in case you didn't know. Well, I did, you know, <laughs> I did know that. But England apparently right. is still going to go and play that, despite the fact that they uh, they don't really like racism or, indeed, um, homophobia. Or, or, um, or, or having killed quite a lot of construction workers. Well, exactly. The, uh, yeah, football's a, it's it, a funny but... old game, as they say. <laughs> um, you know, they don't seem to have very many rules when it comes to making as much money as possible. But the point is... People are annoyed about that. Yes. And the government has now been seen, once again, because of this picture and because of this front page of the sun, to just be flagrantly breaking the rules as and when it suits them to do so. Yeah, and people have been annoyed with Matt Hancock in the past because he's told them uh, what they can do and what they can't do. But, I mean, they're prepared to accept all that if there's a public health Mm. uh, rationale for it. But But, then it's the hypocrisy that gets him. It is. And the further away we go from from what was a bad time, like January, for example, when there were 34,000 people in hospital, the less people believe it and the yeah. less people are convinced to do it yeah. but stay with us john we're going to stop for a little moment here um, and take up some uh, some of your time with some commercial activity because that's what keeps us going here at talk radio uh, we're talking about matt hancock he's been caught out having an affair i think he should resign i think he will resign it's just a matter of time really so you might as well just get on with it uh, and when everybody can have a much happier weekend instead of dragging it all out until monday come on matt just go for heaven's sake this is talk radio This is Talk Radio across the UK, online, on DAB Plus and on the Talk Radio app. The Independent Republic of Mike Gray on Talk Radio. So here we are. Hancock's affair with aid. That's the page one of The Sun, if you haven't seen it yet. Health Secretary's fling during COVID. I was saying earlier, I'm with John Rental here from The Independent, I was saying earlier to Julie Hartley-Brewer, it's a bit like carry-on COVID, this, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of, you know, what are they thinking? Because we've been so obsessed, the government in particular has been so obsessed, and the Department of Health has been so obsessed with COVID. You know, you'd wonder whether where we'd find the time to even do this. Yeah, I mean, that, that was one the one claim that Matt Hancock had to, to remain in office. Was yeah. that at least he works hard, and you get the sense that he's actually paying attention to, to the detail, whether, right. you, whether you agree with his uh, his policies or not. Um, and yet, you know, if he's... It's, it's astonishing how politicians find the time for this kind of mm. this kind of thing. I mean, and some, I mean, it is an all-encompassing job, and you are there all the time, and you get all that. And I mean, certainly one of the things that's been pointed out is the room in which the clinch is taking place is a room that he's often used for Zoom calls, uh, sometimes into <laughs> things like the Andrew Marl programme. I mean, you wonder whether, you know, Mrs. Uh, whatever her name is, is, is under the desk or sort of around the back of the flower pot or something while he's doing all that. Mrs. Uh, Cola D'Angelo. Cola D'Angelo. Sounds like one of those American comedy shows, doesn't it? Mrs. Uh, Cola D'Angelo. The, 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 whole, um, the whole scene is just full of, uh, of improbable characters. Mm. Um, and either Matt Hancock is an improbable uh, Lothar- well, he's a very Lothario improbable authority, isn't he? Of it. he is. I um, mean, but again, this tells you that uh, uh, that politics is showbiz for ugly people. Yeah, well, you know, because right. everyone says, "Well, Matt Hancock, a Lothario? Are you joking? Because he yeah. really looked like that." But then he's powerful, and some women like that sort of thing, I suppose. Yes, and uh, and you're absolutely right. I mean, the reason he can't carry on as health secretary, I think, is because people are just not going to take him seriously from now on. Well, they can't. I mean, the, the moment he appears at one of these briefings, you know, where you get next slide, please, yes. you know, from Chris Whitty, I mean, people just fall about laughing. So what do you think happens now? I mean, you've seen much of this come, come and go before. You've seen many scandals uh, in your time as a political um, as columnist. What, what do you think happens well, now? Well, I have, but I have, what I haven't seen is Boris Johnson as Prime Minister um, sack one of his uh, Secretaries of State mm. uh, because he he's put off... There's been a lot of talk about a reshuffle uh, for some time. Yes. Um, but he's put that off. 
Um, and I think now it'll be brought forward. Because, yeah. uh, and, and so now we'll see what he's like. He, does, he doesn't like sacking people. I mean, the last one, the last one um, was Sajid Javed as mm. Chancellor, which was... Uh, which was, a, which was a very odd situation. That was a sort of Dominic Cummings-inspired manoeuvre, though, wasn't it? Because well, he... we don't really know. Mm. Um, but what was interesting about it was was that Boris Johnson so obviously didn't want to didn't want to do it. He mm. didn't. I mean, he, he he wanted to do it, but he didn't didn't want to face up to right. what he was doing. So he pretended he was best friends with Sajid yeah. Javed. And, and uh, also, Boris's kind of reputation now is one where he waits until the absolute last minute until he's absolutely forced into doing something. Yeah. Well, that's sensible. That, that is often sensible in politics, especially when it comes to reshuffles. Because you, I mean, as soon as you've done a reshuffle, um, your power goes mm. again, doesn't it? Because um, because you can't you can't sack people again. No, um, and so, he has to and he has to appoint somebody as Secretary of State for Health who is going to actually be a, 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 a sort of credible person as well. So it has to be yeah. somebody quite senior. It has to be somebody with reasonably good reputation, right? Well, that's, well, I mean, I mean, he can't give it to Gavin Williamson, for example. He can't. I mean, I'm, I imagine Gavin Williamson must be a bit nervous. Yeah. Uh, this morning, I mean, I would have thought the the obvious candidate would be somebody like Michael Gove, mm. um, because I mean. One thing that has emerged from sort of Dominic Cummings, Dominic Cummings' sort of detailed account of the insider number ten is that is that Boris Johnson. I mean, whatever has passed between him and Michael Gove in in the past, mm. is, that's an extraordinary story. Um, Boris Johnson does seem to respect Michael Gove's abilities as a minister. And yes, and he uh, does seem to be quite good at sort of harnessing the troops, doesn't he? Michael yeah. Gove. He's, I mean, as much as whatever you may think of him personally, um, he's, he's certainly a credible figure. Well, that's right. I mean, I thought he was a, a, a very creative and energetic uh, education secretary under David Cameron. Actually got himself extremely unpopular with uh, with teachers and mm. parents. But I mean, that may be... Which is not the goes, greatest way to be as an education secretary, though, it, is it? It wasn't. And in the end, you know, that's why Cameron had to, had to move him. Yeah. But, um, but he was undoubtedly... Uh, Pursuing a, a, a reforming agenda that was mm. uh, that was quite well thought through. There's and, plenty of stories about Gove it. doing the rounds at the moment as well, though, which might prevent that that from happening. Um, and Hancock, would there be any issue with releasing as somebody who is no, who knows where all the bodies are buried, as it were? Well, um, from from before the inquiry starts. Well, I think, yeah, except I think you know the last time someone who knew where all the bodies were buried. Uh, was going to spill all the beans mm. was, was Dominic Dominic Cummings and he he does know where all the bodies were buried he did spill all the beans and a lot of the stories were quite embarrassing to the Prime Minister and it did him absolutely no harm at all no well of course that's because um, uh, Dominic Cummings unfortunately for all of his bluster of being a, you know, the king of Machiavellian techniques actually wasn't very good at it I think we can see now the um, uh, the socks by the way which I'm sure uh, many people <laughs> will agree with me must only have come from Oliver Bonus because Oliver Bonus specialised in doing these particular socks they yellow socks and they've got like a little um tag on them if you can see it now over there um those are absolutely Oliver Bonus socks because they like to do that. They've got a little sort of, you know. I mean, anyone that wears yellow so you're socks. So you're a customer of this shop. I have bought things in Oliver Bonus, yeah. That, that, that is run by the husband yes. of uh, Gina Cola D'Angelo. That's it, yes. Well, there's quite got a lot there. of them. There's one at Waterloo Station. Uh, there's, it's a very good place to buy sort of knick-knacky Christmas presents. They sell and is, books. Is Matt Hancock wearing those socks in the CCTV footage? That would be the... Well, we can't see his socks in the CCTV <laughs> footage. Um, I'm not sure I want to, to be honest, because <laughs> by then he'll have taken his shoes off and God knows what else. Yeah, in fact, that's just given me a terrible image, which I, which I now can't get out of my head. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he is wearing Oliver Bonus socks, it's not that surprising, given that she works for them and may have given them as a gift, you know. But I would say never trust a man that wears yellow socks in any event. 
All red ones for that matter. No, well, the last uh, last time I noticed Mac Hancock's socks, which is I mean this is a ridiculous story. Yeah. He was wearing he was he was wearing rainbow coloured socks in the chamber of the House of Commons. There you go. And it turned out it was some kind. It was some um, uh, LGBT thing. It was. Right. It was. It was some consciousness raising. Well, they're probably from uh, that old charity. bonus as well. It could well be. Could well be. So the plot thickens. Socks scandal. Uh, is now the latest thing. But, John, thank you very much indeed. Thank you for coming in. Absolutely. I uh, hope you enjoyed the view, which is absolutely marvellous. This is Talk Radio across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Well, here we are uh, once more. A politician has dropped himself right in it. Matt Hancock, uh, to be precise, the Secretary of State for Health, has been discovered to have been cheating uh, on his wife uh, with a former university pal uh, who he has now employed in the Department of Health uh, for the princely sum of £20,000 a year. Nice work if you can get it, I suppose. I think Matt Hancock has to resign uh, and I think he should do it sooner rather than later so we can all get on with the rest of our lives. And again, Getting on with the rest of our lives, of course, includes finding a way of getting away on holiday. Let's talk now to Clive Ratton, the CEO of the Business Travel Association. This week we saw a day of action from the travel business. Yesterday we saw the government releasing a new list of countries that we could visit, which would be green, which would mean no quarantining on return. However, unfortunately for most people, uh, it still isn't quite the full ticket because they're still on a watch list. Clive, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Graham. Thanks, Mike, thanks very much indeed for joining us. Um, it's not quite what we wanted, this, is it? Is it a step in the right direction, or are you still just as frustrated as you were yesterday? I'm just as frustrated, if not a little bit more frustrated, than I was uh, yesterday, to be honest. Mm. We had the day of action, as you mentioned, on Wednesday, which was a really good feeling to the industry come together, albeit for the wrong reasons, and seeing some real energy and getting the message across. And then last night, we get the uh, the release of the message on Twitter, which gives us in the business travel industry absolutely nothing to go on this morning. We're mm. no further forward. No, because as much as the front page of the Daily Mail says, holiday islands, here we come, the problem for most people, and I would include myself in this, is that they might change the status of it while you're there. Yeah, I mean, this is it. You're not going to get confidence in travelling if you get the same example that we saw in Portugal. It's too much of a risk for, for many people. And for businesses that are trying to plan to go and start work in uh, overseas country, go and do a sales call. You know, we've got uh, ships, crew traveling, uh, professional sport players, everything is business travel. It, none of them can commit to do anything when you, you're at total risk or are going to end up in quarantine when you come back. No, exactly right. And so, I mean, what was the, uh, what was the point then of the government doing what it did yesterday, if there was any point to it? Uh, it's a difficult one. I mean, clearly for the leisure industry, there's a little bit of light there as a step forward. And, you know, it's just very frustrating when everything is kind of without any target. We're hearing that you know, we're going to have a review around vaccinated um, travel in July. I don't understand why we didn't have exactly more detail now. So, you know, it's just because they were committed to the data at the Global Travel Task Force. They came out with something, but it's very little um, for the industry and for, you know, wider the aviation industry, the hotel industry, and of course, business travel. There's just really no change. Um, that's frustration. Yeah, I mean, the other problem I think for us is that the government and, and Matt Hancock in particular uh, in this particular in this in this situation has kind of kiboshed itself because we've been producing these numbers of people testing positive for this COVID variant, which has now made everyone in Europe think that we are all sort of you know plague ridden. They don't want us to come anyway. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So now we're, we're hearing obviously from Europe, um, from Angela Merkel to to ask uh, Europe to 
make sure that Brits quarantine when they arrive. So we're shooting ourselves in the foot every which way we go. And people's lives are suffering on this. It's not just about holidays. There are thousands of people in my industry. I've had calls today uh, already from people, you know, almost broken at the yeah. fact that there's nothing coming. And, and that's what the real pain is. And, and we're just representing ourselves so poorly around the globe. Yeah, well, that's the trouble, isn't it? Because, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I've got a family, I've got two kids and we want to go away um, and, and we can't really make plans. And I think that's where most people's problem is, that you don't know what to do. I mean, almost every weekend we have a conversation, you know, what should we book? What should we do? Where should we go? Um, and, you know, every weekend we sort of don't quite have enough information. Yeah, and, and this is it. I mean, you need to have certainty when you're, you're planning anything. And, and holidays are hugely important to people. I understand that some won't understand why people want to travel. But, you know, a lot of people there, that's the one thing they look forward to. It's for their own mental health to get away. It, it refreshes is. them. It's time to spend with the family that we don't in our busy lives. It's massively important. Mm. And, and equally, you know, we've got people from corporate customers whose jobs are being impacted now because they can't go out and win new business and they can't service it. And, you know, it's so wide that I don't think people necessarily fully understand the impact of travel that it has on all of our lives and, and why it is so important. Well, the other problem for me as well, Clive, is, is and I know this may be less, less uh, of, a, of a sort of campaign for you, is incoming tourism as well. Because, you know, we as a country, you know, we talk about Greece and Spain needing uh, British money to, 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 for people to go and spend it there. But we also need foreign tourism in this country, which they've completely killed off. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we work very closely with uh, our friends at UK Inbound who are hurting terribly. And that's our own hospitality industries, all of the museums, restaurants, that's being hurt. And equally, the same as we have is inbound business tourism. People are not coming here to invest in the UK, to open businesses here in the UK and give jobs to British people because they can't come in. They're not welcome right now. So, yeah, it, it's, it's not just outbound. It's a huge impact on the inbound industry as well. Yeah, exactly right. So what's your next sort of uh, date in the calendar, Clive, when you're hopeful of something better coming along? Well, the next review is towards the back end of uh, July, and that's what we'll be campaigning tirelessly from uh, from now until to that point when we want to see vaccinated travel uh, open up. But before that, what we really want is the US open up. I cannot understand. And I what really frustrates me is it was announced on the Thursday before G7 that they're launching a UK-US that's what uh, I thought. task force. There has not been a word spoken in 12 days now about what's happening now. And I, you know, the U, UK, US desperately needs to open up, not just for business, but for visiting friends and relations and holidays as well. But if we, you know, as a trading nation... Yeah, I mean, I've got UK, family. US, I've got my mother who lives in Connecticut. Um, she's 97 years old. I haven't seen her for two years. Yeah, and, and that is exactly the point. That shouldn't be you know, happening now when the vaccination programmes at both sides of the pond are doing really well. You know, they just need to get together and get that open. And, and please don't you know, come out of the government and tell us you're putting a task force together and never, never mention it again. You know, that's the frustrating thing, again, that we, we have to face in this industry. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Clive, thanks very much indeed. Let's hope things take a turn for the better. Clive uh, Ratton there, the CEO of the Business Travel Association. I said to Julie Hartley Brewer yesterday uh, that I wasn't hopeful that there was going to be much change and of course as much as some of the papers this morning are are feeling quite optimistic they really shouldn't be because the problem is that if places are still on a watch list it doesn't matter whether you don't supposedly have to quarantine when you come back because if you go if it suddenly goes into amber while you're away then you do have to quarantine when you come back so it is completely and utterly ridiculous the american situation is even more ridiculous we want to take some calls here by the way 0344 499 1000 i think matt hancock should go not least because of these kinds of decisions the kinds of decisions that matt hancock and the rest of the government have been making making us locked into our own country uh, incapable of traveling partly because everyone in the rest of europe thinks that we've got these sky-high rates of COVID infection. 
when in fact all we've been doing is surge testing everybody and making sure that you get more and more and more positive tests, which means nothing at the end of the day. Here's a couple of tweets for you. Ian says this, let's get Pretty Patel for the new health secretary's job. She's managed to totally open up our borders. She would be perfect for opening up the rest of the country. Very good. Uh, and one here from Romy. If Michael Gove becomes health secretary, any hope of a lockdown free normal life uh, is not going to happen. You must fight against that. Gove is behind every evil restriction that has ruined and ended lives. Well, that's one point of view. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, when I woke up this morning, I did not think that we would have a show about Matt Hancock almost exclusively uh, and what he's been up to. Basically, no good, as far as uh, anybody can tell. But let us talk to Lewis McLeod, uh, who is, of course, a man of many voices. Lewis, a very good afternoon to you. Good, good afternoon. Can you see me? Yeah, there we are. Look, hello. I'm very sorry about what happened. It really, it, it's an aberration. But didn't you like the way I sort of lunged in? It was a sort of Sid James slap and tickle type kiss that we've not really seen. No. From the 1970s. I really go for the bum cheek, don't I? I mean, you I really, really do. Go in. Listen, Matt, I was surprised because a man of your years, 42, normally you wouldn't be grabbing somebody in that way. It's a rather undignified uh, pose, I have to say but I was impressed by your um, ability to uh, stealthily peer out of the uh, door into the corridor uh, before shutting it and then leaning against it just in case anybody else came in I mean I dread to think what happened next <laughs> well, last time anybody did that was in New York and it was Prince Andrew you've got to check first and then shut the door but you know if it was wasn't for my contact tracing app, I, I would have probably gotten away with it, weren't it, for you pesky journos chasing? Mm. <laughs> now, is it right, uh, Mr Hancock, that uh, Mrs Hancock is socially distancing herself from you by some uh, hundreds of miles? Well, I think it's it's all in her name, isn't it? Gina Collar, divorce lawyer, I think. <laughs> uh, they're all minted. So, I mean, I think Mishkondorea are the only ones really are going to benefit out of this mess. Very wise, yeah. Yeah, a very bad idea I've often found to take on um, a multi-millionaire businessman uh, when you're simply a lowly paid member of the cabinet uh, in a court of law. Well, fifteen to twenty thousand pounds for a bit of slap and tickle seems like quite a lot in London, even for you know the sort of 
<laughs> Do I have to keep doing his voice? No, no, no you can I stop it. I mimic him this morning. <laughs> no, maybe you should give us a statement from the Prime Minister because, of course, uh, uh, Boris, Boris is, knows a little bit. I mean, Boris might even be able to recommend a couple of divorce lawyers for you, uh, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I've got to say, I mean, what, what a. I mean, you've, well, I mean, my texts are all out there. He's hopeless. I mean, come on. I mean, it's re- really he's a man after my own heart. Or what? I mean, you don't have to really go the whole hot, the full, the full. Uh, Monty to get my job, uh, Matt. But uh, there you go. I mean, book, I mean, Boris, who slept you... with nobody, John Hancock. But there you go. That's yeah. another story. I mean, Boris, did you were you made aware at all at any point uh, of Matt Hancock's um, extramarital affair? I, I had her. Yeah, I mean, I, I was two weeks before. I was just doing the rounds through the building. I mean, who knows? Far. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, she Gina seems a very, Lola, seems a very capable woman. Not only can she do PR for a shop. But she's also very handy around the Department of Health, if you know what I mean. Let's be honest. Th- th- those are great socks. Yes. You know, the o- Oliver Boner socks. Yeah, they are. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle's ankle. That's what I aspire to when I wear but, my you know, if, if it's true, and I suspect it is true, because I've had a look on the Oliver Boner website, if in fact those <laughs> socks are, if those socks are a gift from her, that is an extra kind of <laughs> FU, isn't it, to the husband? And I'm wearing your if socks while I'm doing have... it. <laughs> Mike, if somebody gave you a pair of those socks, you'd laugh. Come on. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'll chuck them straight in the bin. around Christmas shopping. I mean, did you see them? Pink trousers. I mean, come on. I mean, I know uh, we wear what you will. But really, uh, Ralph Lauren, I mean, I don't know why. It's all started with the socks, really, hasn't it? I mean, the... Yeah, it's all in the uncle's ankle, frankly. And I, 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 I prefer the, 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 the suit with the dandruff and the, the snot. That'll do me. Marks and Spencer's navy blue. Lovely. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have to fire him now, though, Boris, aren't you? I mean, he's, he's surely outlived his usefulness. So now's a good time to throw him under the bus and blame him for everything. I sent him along to the Queen for advice. <laughs> poor man. And she she said he's a poor man. I mean, that's pretty good coming yeah, from her. Well, she's the, you know, she's the go-to, uh, it's HMQ, magisterial wonder. She can, uh, you know, she's given advice. I mean, she's, I mean, who knows what they talked about? But, oh, dear. I feel, so, do you know, I, I, it's just such a mess, the whole thing, isn't yeah, it? I mean, it it's, really is. You do, as you rightly said there, you feel sorry for his kids, the family. It's yeah. just, uh, well, it's you know, so, I was an, talking oh, this morning to a guy that I know who's a photographer who was, who was obviously dispatched to the Hancock house. She's coming mm-hmm. out of the house with the kids, um, taking them to school, you know. Which is not ever a nice thing to have to do in front of a load of photographers. I'm going back. I'm going back to be a part of Hancock's half hour. Come here, Gina. (laughs) Half hour will be about as long as it takes you to kick him out of the house, I should imagine. And take that stuff with you. The divvy up. It'll be the talk of the place, won't it? I mean, that's... But hey, they might sort it out. Who knows? You but know. the thing is, uh, Lewis, none of my know, business. You do. I mean, you, you do have some of the most ludicrous figures now in government. You know, Matt Hancock was described, as you say, by his own boss as effing useless. You've got Dominic Cummings, you know, flailing around out, telling anyone that will listen in about words of sixty-eight thousand syllables. You know how useless everybody was in the government, including himself. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. what's going on? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Those texts, I only became aware of that fairly recently as well. But then, why did he do that? So that it's WhatsApp was always, you know, sold as being encrypted. Didn't right. you? you believe that? You believe anything? Well, well it's, a, it's, a, it's only encrypted if you're not involved in the conversation. It's not encrypted if you're in the conversation. Well, that was my fault. I just <laughs> let the whole thing. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Bernard Castle, the Revenge. I'll show you lot. Yeah, I'm <laughs> beginning to wonder whether Alex Salmon might have done a better job running it. 
Uh, well, that uh, well, I would have just gone for your bog standard Nokia thirty three ten. It's not a smartphone, <laughs> but you can use it in the underground. <laughs> yeah, and at the race course as well. If you happen to That's be somebody absolutely. who likes to well, do we, such things, bet on coal. Absolutely right. Now, let's talk a little bit about international matters, because, of course, uh, we haven't heard much from Donald Trump lately, uh, but we hear he's planning on a few rallies. But Joe Biden's been backwards and forwards. And the great news is that his uh, uh, his summit with Vladimir Putin was so successful uh, that they started bombing one of our warships. (laughs) Well, you know, I listen. If it was Biden, you know, let's just be honest here, Mike, for a moment. I don't I'm not afraid of a Cold War because I get the winter heating allowance. Okay, (laughs) Uh, you know, when they come into the thing, of course, (laughs) when they do the, hello, it's nice to meet you. I'm I'm getting rid of some of your ambassadors, but I'm going to get rid of some of your. Although let's not do this tit for tit thing. Let's just have some Ferrero Rocher at the reception. That'll sort everything out. I love the. I think the the when the, when the translators come on, they're they're the best thing. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but my moment where I fell off the sofa with, you know, Trump's only in power a couple of days and he's having to defend all that carry on in uh, Moscow right. was uh, three days later. Putin <laughs> responded to it and went. I doubt very much. <laughs> If a visiting future president of the United States would leave a Miss World competition with two of our la- two of our ladies of diminished responsibility, they're the best in the world. And the CCTV from that makes Matt Hancock's look like uh, Disney. I really tried. I really tried. And it's, if it's not good enough, then I'll get upset. But look at the way I grabbed the bum. Surely that, that absolves me. <laughs> Do you know, what you might not know, Matt, is that there's a connection between Oliver Boner and also uh, Prince uh, Herbert, who formerly known as Harry. Because there's some kind of ex-girlfriend, I think, who used to go out with Harry, um, who's uh, who's connected to the bonuses, Boner, whatever they're called. <laughs> That's four times, though. What's going on? <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep getting the name It's wrong. going to be, well, the puns are going to, that's what I love it, but the puns are going to be fabulous. The only Britain does them so beautifully well. I know. They're going to be, they'll, they'll be champion. Well, Please. have you seen the, uh, the, my well, favourite my favorite because... tweet is Hans face back to my place. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I absolutely look. I'll let him keep his job as long as the gags come in thick and yeah, fast, right? And, and he can he can laugh about well, it. Well, presumably, all, Boris, you'll, out and presumably, Boris, you'll be advising Matt they? to marry um, Miss uh, D'Angelo, whatever her name is, won't you? <laughs> well, I, I think you call it a man job. I don't know what it's called. I've asked Diane Abbott to do the mathematics on it. It's a <laughs> manage of 4,249. Yes. I don't know, a thousand. But, well, Harry, the thing you, you mentioned there about Harry, I did, um, I, I noticed this, because that's caused a little bit of thing that was in the news about uh, the money got cut off at the first qu- They Suddenly, it turned into an account. It was the first um, quarter of the, the year, but yeah. it was uh, uh, before April 6th. And it, it was a bit kind of bizarre. And now the, the St. James have come back and said, you know, it was... Uh, no, no, we actually, no, no, we, I gave them money. I said, no, no, no. Like a few million. That one land. No, I gave him what he needed. Yeah. And it's like up to a couple of million quid. I mean, who spends that kind of money in such yeah, a short space? That doesn't go very far when you're buying mansions in Montecito, does it? I mean, you know, you've got 16 bathrooms, yeah. nine bedrooms, or whichever way round it is. You know, I mean, that doesn't come cheap. It's what's what's one of the one that's got the worst phone signal. 
Yeah, uh, and and, and um, apparently they didn't wish to call young Archie uh, the Earl of Dumbarton because they didn't like the fact that Dum was in the name. Look, the people of Scotland have had enough of this. Um, yeah. <laughs> she would have something to say about that, would you? Look, what do you want, the Brainy Barton? You know, Dick Barton? I mean, what do you, what, what do you want? The people of Scotland have had enough. Yeah, and uh, I mean, she's, I was watching, you know, Amazon. It's like, well, look, Amazon, if they're taking unsold goods and then burning them, I mean, next week we're starting with books. I mean, it's just getting out of hand up here. <laughs> You said I would ask Ian Blackford what he has to say about it. Mr Squeaker, Matt Hancock, come on, get a grip. Well, he did, and that's what I find offensive. He didn't even go for a genteel tap, kiss in the cheek. He went for the full grab you, pull you into the wall. And, I mean, to be honest, I'm slightly jealous, Mr Squeaker, because all I've got in the room is my wee dog, Gunga. <laughs> Shut up, Gunga. Stop weaving on me. Also, oh, Blackford wouldn't be able to get that close to a woman, would he? <laughs> I mean, nothing personal. <laughs> I'm bothered with my stomach. I'm down to 19 stone. <laughs> What's the other one? That, oh, come on, what is this, 1972? <laughs> I know. But you can't help I'm it, though, because I said... I can't get my trousers over it. I said it earlier, it's like carry-on COVID with these lot, you know? You got oh, Neil well, Ferguson is. hopping off with the, with the German woman because um, he didn't think there was a problem. And as somebody's pointed out, I mean, this is a guy who was, at the time when he was doing this, telling everyone that they couldn't hug anyone and they couldn't go within a metre of anyone in the office. Wow. Really? Yeah. This was oh. in May that he did all this. <laughs> Whenever they come on the telly or something, you just be that little... <laughs> <laughs> we quote from Kenny Williams. <laughs> well, I think there's, there's bound to be more stories, isn't there? I mean, I mean, as, as Richard Tice was saying, you know, uh, when he said he was working day and night, we didn't quite know that this was what he meant. <laughs> oh, Mr. Hancock, I think you'll find I'm worth the wait. Uh, yes, so it's Christmas, but you won't find me stuffing your turkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too its too funny. Now, uh, I'll tell you who we haven't heard from yet uh, is old um, uh, Jeremy Vine. What's he been up to? Well, there's a, every broadcaster worth their salt is looking for grit on the pavement. And I'm going for an electric bike. Oh. Here's Toto Coelho and I Eat Cannibals. But then you've got, wait a minute now, all the broadcasters worth their salt. There's me, Andrew Neil, <laughs> down in the south of France in a metal box. He's taking two Come weeks off, I'm told. <laughs> because nobody's advertising on the show. They can't afford to stay on the air. <laughs> well, they can't, they can't afford him, that's for sure. But uh, listen, uh, shall we finish up with a final message from the Prime Minister to assure us all uh, that everything is in good hands... Uh, whether they're Matt Hancock's hands or not, I'm not sure. Look, whether it's Berlin or London, tonight is a big night for our country. Uh, so we're either going to take it on the chin or up against the wall, uh, like Matt and Gina <laughs> Lola Travel Bridgeter. So I would like to say good luck to both sides. Keep the head. We are going for gold. We are going the football is coming home, frankly. Right. And, uh, but I don't know in but, reference uh, to Matt whether he's going home or staying at my I, I don't think I, I don't think Matt's going home at all, is he? So we'll, we'll leave it at that. But I'd like to say England better do well. It's, uh, it, it expects, England expects, the whole country actually hopes that they do well tonight at the football. Anything to take the, you know, the, the mendacity out of the situation as we face it today with Mr. Hancock, the man but, who slept with nobody, John Hancock, Matt Hancock.
Yes, very well said, Mr Lewis McLeod, uh, a.k.a. the Prime Minister of this great nation of ours. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Lewis, uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, that was great. It's a great bit of therapy, isn't it, to laugh? I mean, the thing is, of course, um, there will be people who say it's very sad. It is very sad for the families involved in this, but Matt Hancock is so supercilious. He's so pompous. He is such a plank, I have to say. Uh, it might as well make him plank of the week already because there can't be anybody that's going to beat him. But he needs to resign. The serious part about this is he needs to resign and he needs to do it now. Oh, he's got a statement now. I accept that I breached the social distancing guidelines. In these circumstances, I have let people down and I'm very sorry. I remain focused on working to get the country out of this pandemic and would be grateful for privacy for my family on this personal matter. No, I'm sorry, Matt. That's not going to cut it. You don't want privacy for your family. You didn't want privacy for your family when you had your, arm, your arms around Gina and your hands on her posterior, did you? Do you want privacy then? You didn't have it then either. For heaven's sake, you need to resign and you need to go. Uh, we don't care about you focusing on anything other than that. Thank you very much indeed. This is Talk Radio across the UK, online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. The Independent Republic of Mike Gray on Talk Radio. It's Friday, it's 12.46, and it's time for this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peria Awards. Well, here it is. Time for a very special Peria Awards because I've been eating uh, for about the last hour, so I'm a bit <laughs> stuffed now. Uh, so I'm going to let uh, Izzy do all the hard work. Welcome. Oh, great. Well, when you said um, special, I was like, oh my gosh, is it a birthday? Is it? A I don't think so. Oh, that's well, all right. Well, I mean, then. you know, it's all special, isn't it? The it Perry is. Awards. Yes. It's very yes. good. Well, um, welcome to the Perry Awards. Thank you very much. This is where we look back on the so-called Independent Republic so of cool. Mike Graham mm. and choose our favourite moments. Yes. So, following tradition, the first Perry Award goes to you, you. for the pronunciation of the week. There are there is still a, a reasonable plurality uh, plurality can't even say it, uh, plurality of, uh, of of ideas in this country. I don't know why I couldn't say it. Plurality, see? I can yeah. say it now. Oh. For some reason there are some words you just can't say. In the moment, plurality. yeah. Plurality. Yeah. It's quite it's like easy. Cinnamon, but people say cinnamon and Cinnamon. No, I don't have a problem with cinnamon. Plurality. Mm. Anything with l's in it I think can be tr- plurality. tricky. Plurality. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good word though. It's like Boris and Toxidilimab. Or whatever he said. Some of the stuff he comes out with, yeah, <laughs> quite weird. Uh, so earlier in the week, mm. and th- this one is a special one for uh, YouTube viewers. So earlier in the week, Julia Hartley Brewer attempted a Shirley Bassey classic. Uh, this is the Pop Idol Award of the Week. Julia, I just got this really strong urge to suck a gold finger. I shall, I shall, I shall. <laughs> Yeah, I remember hearing her saying that, and I looked for the guy's name as if he was Goldfinger, but he wasn't. So no, why was she going to sing Goldfinger? Well, at him? do you know what? That could probably be down as an out of context of the week because it I, could be. I, I I never inquired on that. Yes. when I was supposed to Well, I just to look, I remember up. looking up to see whether that was his name, but it mm. wasn't his name. No. So there was obviously another reason. Yeah. Maybe yeah, he well, was a spy. Maybe, 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 huh. maybe he was M. Um... Oh, he was Shirley Bassey's conductor. I'm told. Oh wow. Not bus conductor, oh, I hate no. to add. Very good. Thank wow. you. Wow. Well, what a guess. There you go. Uh, so another visual perrier this yes. week. Uh, Patrick Christie spoke to Angela Levin on yes. Saturday. Now, as we've discovered before, technology has its aches and pains mm. sometimes, uh, but nothing we really can't handle, especially because we're, you know, 
We're Super a force duper. to be reckoned with in the studio. Mm. Uh, this is the Perry Award for the technical incompetence of the week. The questions must be horrendous. Oh, absolutely. Now, look, I just want to veer away slightly, if that's OK, from the... Uh... <laughs> What's happening there? So every now and again, the um, that there's like <laughs> there's a little box that comes up, right? Yeah, and so and obviously, I don't know if it's something that needs to be updated. I but think it is. Every so update, often, yeah. yeah, but it needs a password. So, so is then that at this end? Yeah. So right. then every so often, it's like we just have to like. Why does it go right lightning? in the middle of the screen? I mean, why don't they put it in the bottom <laughs> right-hand corner or something? You would think, wouldn't you? Maybe yeah. it's so like you don't forget ever. No, but, exactly. Um, anyway, yeah. thanks anyway. Yeah, thanks, Angela. For your time. Uh, so, Mike, you get another Perrier Award uh, for the most realistic klaxon sound mm. of the week. Uh, I, you'll be going off every five minutes, will it? Hancock will be pressing the button in Downing Street. <laughs> it's going to be dating. There's another life-threatening illness. Well, now we know what he was actually pressing, and it wasn't a button. I can tell you that. Well, well no. it might have been a few buttons, actually. Well, maybe. You know, I'll never stop laughing about this story. I'm sorry. I make no apology for it. No, it's a gift that it keeps really on is. giving. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Um, and also, uh, Mike, if I do say so myself, mm. you're quite good at the one-liner. Oh, thank you. Uh, so you spoke to Rob Ashton Kane live from Corsica uh, the other day about the travel industry. Oh, yeah. uh, this is the uh, Perry Award for a backhanded compliment of the week. I mean, I was pleased yeah, to see Ian Duncan Smith out and about talking to people because he's actually become a really good uh, local MP uh, since he actually left the lead leadership of the party when he wasn't particularly good at that. <laughs> but he wasn't really that good at it, No, no. And I Rob mean... agreed with me, I think, because he then said, yeah, considering everything he's done, which I thought was a bit harsh, actually. Well. Because I like Ian Duncan Smith. Yes, But yeah. he wasn't much of a leader. No, you're right. You're probably too young to remember him, aren't you? A little bit. What year? What school. years? Yeah. Well, it was during that sort of wilderness period when you know they didn't really have a leader. They had sort oh, of all okay. sorts of. They tried William Hague for a while. They tried Ian Duncan Smith for right. a while. You know, it was before they got Cameron and and they got back into power basically. Yes. So it was all that kind of period where even Michael Howard had a go. Oh wow! You okay. Know, um, and none of them were any good, really. Oh well, there we go. I'm afraid. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Uh, if you're listening, mm. of course. Uh, so, so. Um, yesterday we celebrated Pride Month with the Thursday Club. We did. Uh, Steve Denyer, Helena Nicklin and A.D. Smith, yes. uh, all jamed, uh, jamed uh, joined you in the studio. That was great fun. They left some great stuff behind, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and that punch. I was, was still there. here drinking it at three o'clock. <laughs> you were. Uh, so this is the Perry Award for the innuendo of the week. I, I was told the nuts spilt in the box. Oh. Well, listen, <laughs> wouldn't be the first. No. <laughs> we can't be doing the jokes that early. No, no, this. no. Yeah, so shocking that. Mind <laughs> you, after today's show, I suppose all bets are off. Well, yes, the absolutely. Um, and then we Mike... still never did find the nuts in the box, did we? Uh, I think were they more of a chickpea? I saw some like kind of rolling around. <laughs> yeah, were they? No, chickpea? they were nuts. I don't know. No, can you not tell the difference between chickpeas and nuts? <laughs> not really. Really? Oh, no, I can. I can, of course. Right. But they do look like they did look like a chickpea. Okay. But anyway, maybe it's a different box. Maybe it, maybe it is. Uh, we'll we'll contest that one okay. later. Has anyone sent any chickpeas lately? <laughs> Loose <laughs> in a box. No. With a bit of padding. No, no. I don't think so. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, Mike, you were thrown off during the smart money feature. Again, another visual. Yeah, yes. Uh, we are. Um, so, are we going to the jingle? Or are we not going to the jingle? Basically, was the question on your lips. I think. Uh, so, this is the Perry Award for the Cufflepuff of the week. The Smart Money on Talk Radio with Santander. Whatever financial difficulties you're facing, Santander. 
<laughs> if you can see. <laughs> that is quite funny. You can't really tell what I'm doing there, but no. I'm, not, I'm making a funny face. You were making yeah. a funny face. So yes. what happened? Did I not know we were doing the jingle? So so I think, yeah, I think there was a slight bit of confusion. I think you were on talk back and then... Oh, I see. Yes. And then oh, we I know. Like, I came back and I started talking, but the microphone wasn't up yet because oh, I wasn't I meant see. to be talking. That's what I did. Ah, oh, I see. Well, well it's not surprising go. I get confused, is it? No, uh, there's so much to remember. There is. There is. Uh, finally, a late entry from mm. this morning. Oh, good. And we all love a wrong namer. Clive, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Graham. Thanks, for, thanks very much indeed for joining us. <laughs> he did correct himself. He did. He did bless nice. him. But yeah. yes, um, well, that's all for the Perry Awards. There will be more next week. Thank you very much. The Perry Awards on Talk Radio. Talk Radio across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB, online, or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.